3: Time now for the second hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you, as always. Thanks for being a part of the program. No telephone calls this hour, but we will open them back up in the next 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app. On your smart phone. This hour, let's talk about Denver Public Schools and some going on, goings on there that are, I think, beyond unprofessional. Unprofessional isn't the right word, especially when you're talking about things that seem infantile and also that really feel like, well, they don't feel like they're pretty clearly the letter of the law, so to speak, in violation of district policies on policy governance, which is supposed to insulate employees of the district other than the superintendent from direct criticism or direction by a school board member. Now, of course, when we talk about Denver Public Schools and we talk about school board members, you can't have to think too long to realize we're talking about Tay Anderson. Of course, he is now the vice president of the DPS Board of Education. He is an at-large member of the board. And the other at-large member of the board is Scott Esserman. Now, in yesterday's Denver Gazette, I wrote about both Anderson and Esserman and Michelle Quattlebaum in the context of what seems to be a change of heart by those three on Superintendent Alex Marrero, my piece, which I'll talk about later, probably in the show. What is Denver School Board trying to hide is uh, trending at DenverGazette.com dot com in the column section. But when we look at what has happened recently at school board meetings, we have seen especially November 28th. Uh, an attempt to go after, it seems, Alex Morero, the superintendent of DPS. And that stands in stark contrast to what Anderson, Esserman, and Obama were saying back three weeks after they were all sworn in for this current board at the end of last year. When they extended Morero's contract by four years after he was in that position for just five months. And then a couple of weeks ago at a board meeting, they want to go into executive session privately to discuss Marrero's contract without giving specific statutes, without giving specific rationale, really trying to hide the discussion from the public. But That's neither here nor there. The only direct tie-ins... To that story and what we are going to talk about this hour are, number one, two of the players, Tay Anderson and Scott Esserman, and someone who testified in public comment on November 28th at that meeting, which is Gordon Crawford, who is an instructor of the JROTC program in Denver Public Schools. He was previously a JROTC instructor at Manual High School, where Tay Anderson had gone himself. So we're taking you back to May of this year. May 2022, a meeting was convened at Manual because it was losing its longstanding JROTC program, something which, as the principal of the school explained, Had been in discussion for four years. A popular JROTC teacher since 2007, First Sergeant Eric Posey, would no longer be employed there, and Anderson was one of Posey's cadets when he was a manual student. As I wrote back in August of this year, Gordon Crawford was the supervisor there. He was a relative newcomer to Manual High School. And so, you know, if you're not familiar, instructors uh, of the program are retired military, certified as teachers by the Army, and hired by schools. And after Anderson had suggested that Crawford was responsible for terminating Manuel's program, the principal, Mr. Glover, Joe Glover, took the fall. Here's a little bit of that exchange.
0: So I appreciate your words, and this is the right now I've spent four years of my life fighting for this school, fighting to make it better, fighting it to make what we know it can be. So our enrollment is uh, Our enrollment is not decreasing. So the enrollment in the JRTC program is because it is not the school. We just got back our CDE state review panel results, and okay, we got effective across the board. There are people here, and myself and personally have fought to make this school what we all know it is and to make sure that everybody knows that.
2: So, if you want to blame somebody, you can blame me. You are not the reason why kids are leaving the program, Mr. Glover. Like, I'm not, like, not going to let you take that bullet. It, and if it, it's true that this colonel has pushed out kids, he must own that in front of all of us. There's a reason why this room is full with people because they're wondering why our students leaving. You can't, I can't let you take that bullet for something that somebody else has done. And if it is true that you have chased out the kids, I want to know why the kids don't keep it. Ain't nobody in Manuel's history ever said I'm leaving General T.C. And I'm not going to let you take that bullet. And I get you trying to protect your employees, but sometimes grown men will have to answer to their grown choices. And right now it's absolutely-
3: That was a meeting, a public meeting with parents and students, as well as Tay Anderson. Plus the principal you heard there, Mr. Glover, and Scott Esserman, at-large school board member, and some other folks in the community. Well, at one point, both Anderson and Esserman expressed exasperation. They just couldn't get answers as to why the program, JROTC program, was leaving Manuel High School.
2: to this decision, you know how I found out about this decision and students were in tears calling my phone, saying, hey, Mr. Tay, my program is being cut. I don't have ROTC at my school anymore. I start asking questions. You know what DPS said? DPS said it's a school-based decision. You know what the school says? This is a district and army decision. So right now, we got a lot of people pointing fingers. Why can't we get an
0: honest answer on who made this effing decision? That's a simple question.
3: Very professional of a school board member, this effing decision. Well, somehow, Education News Service Chalkbeat, Colorado, got the answer, the honest answer. Quote, the director of Army instruction for Denver Public Schools, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Kevin Black said the district decided to move Manuel's JROTC program after army officials said they were unlikely to grant Denver a new program for Nor- uh, Northfield because Manuel's program was under enrolled they suggested Denver instead relocate Manuel's program to Northfield Black said so basically it was an enrollment issue the army said we can't add a new program unless you make the move and there was a new program that could be made could be put together Together at Northfield High School that would have garnered much more participation and engagement than Manuel was getting. Enrollment was declining in the JROTC program. That's the honest answer. Why can't we get an honest answer? Well, ask the people who can provide that answer. Now, one other clip that I want to play before we introduce our guest that helps make this especially relevant Scott Esserman, on the school board, at-large member, spoke in this public meeting about the notion of operational decisions.
0: As a board, we're not supposed to be currently involved in operational decisions. But the hell if I'm going to stay silent when I see something going on that is exactly what we say in word in DPS that we're not doing. We're here to dismantle systems of oppression. This is reinforcing
3: it. Hmm. Not supposed to be involved in operational decisions, yet that's what they were doing. Twofold. Number one, by seemingly putting pressure on the principal regarding the end of this program. And number two, publicly going after an employee of the district. Remember this little tidbit.
2: I want to know why the kids will leave it. Ain't nobody in Manuel's history ever said I'm leaving General OTC. And I'm not going to let you take that bullet. And I get you trying to protect your employees, but sometimes grown men will have to answer to their grown choices.
3: Well, let's talk with the grown man himself. Gordon Crawford is an instructor of the JROTC program in DPS, formerly at Manuel High School, and he joins me now here in studio to talk about this and more. Mr. Crawford, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate it, especially because you were talking about something that... It happened several months ago, but to me, it was just just listening to this audio, which had been sent to me in the summer... It was just shocking to hear this kind of discourse. And I know that a couple weeks ago, you presented in public comment about this and how you haven't really gotten any answers. There hasn't been any uh, redressing of your concerns. Just what's on your mind to get the conversation going this morning relative to what we just played and what happened back in May?
1: Right. And everybody's probably wondering why it took so long for me to say anything. Well, I kept waiting on, I made several complaints made complaints with the school board, emailed everybody on the school board. I was getting no responses from anybody about anything. So I was like, somebody recommended it, recommend it to me to do a public comment. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll try it. But obviously I've got no response from them about that
3: either. So I, I didn't uh, pull any audio from the public comments since right. we're hearing from right. you today. But you, it was your one chance to really – express directly some of your concerns what were you able to get across because three minutes you can really only say so much and you you did reach the time limit
1: right oh yes and there was so much more I wanted to say but obviously ran out of time but the main thing I wanted is I think they owe me an apology a public apology they humiliated me in public so I think they should apologize in public
3: you're an employee of the school district I mean, there's a relationship between the Army, the school district. But at the end of the day, you're working for the school district. So you're a district employee. Correct. And by my reading of policy governance, even Esserman himself talking about operational decisions, they're not supposed to engage in what we heard in May. So to me, it's not just it was a small public meeting on a program that left Manual High School. It isn't there anymore. And in fact... It wasn't long before Anderson and Esserman stopped talking about the manual program, since they didn't win their so-called fight. But when you're when you're in that situation and you're seeing and hearing now the the members of the school board going after a an employee, that to me is is it is not a small issue.
1: Right, and I was floored when I was standing there because I was just there. Obviously, is the, the senior Army instructor, just at the meeting to kind of, you know, I wasn't even part of the, supposed to be part of the meeting. I was just a bystander standing in there because the meeting was ran by Mr. Glover. And then I didn't even know who these two individuals were, to be honest, until they introduced themselves and started attacking me. And I was like, what is going on here, you know? And then it kind of snowballed as the meeting went after, you know, 50 minutes of being berated. And I'm like, is this
3: okay, you know? <laughs> So, to me, what was going on in the meeting was a presentation of a teacher as a villain. Here is one little sample where Tay Anderson suggests that you might retaliate against any students that were participating in that meeting and speaking Look, out. I'm
2: hoping now that you've heard from kids that you're at least, and I'm, I'm saying this as a citizen, not as, as a school board member, but I'm hoping now... I've watched multiple kids here that have bravely stood up to a man that's probably going to retaliate against them when the doors are closed. So I'm hoping that these students will have protection when they walk into your building tomorrow from this man, if they feel that they are being chased out of the program because of him.
3: He said that you were probably going to retaliate against them. How did you feel when you were hearing that? What was going through your mind?
1: I was really frustrated. I mean, it was, I was at a loss for words. I'm like, why would I retaliate against students? They're allowed to say what they want. I mean, I don't care what the students say. I mean, I do. I mean, I want a good relationship. And what floors me even more is some of the students in there I thought I had good relationships with, never had any issues with them in my class, never. And I was like, where is this coming from? So it was. I was just kind of at a loss. You didn't say anything during the entirety of the meeting. Well, for one thing, I didn't feel like it was professional to engage these guys and I couldn't really engage them without getting down in the weeds, and I wasn't going to do that with them. I mean, if they want to sit down and have a honest conversation on what went on in the program, and that I'd be glad to do that, but I'm not going to air everybody's dirty laundry in a public place.
3: And have a try and have a nuanced discussion about right. why the program right. was leaving Manual. Right. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the program
1: at Manual. Well, the the program was really struggling. When I got there, it was just the environment of the program. And when I, did you get there? I got there at the beginning of last school year, so it would have been what, the the twenty one twenty two school mm-hmm. year. And I've been to four other RTC programs. Good Good schools, good programs, never had any issues. I've worked with nine other instructors. When I got there, it was just common for students to come in and make phone calls while I'm trying to teach bring food in, kind of come and go as they please. And I was like, what's going on? So I was, you know, try to enforce some standards. And that's the only thing I was guilty of at manual was enforcing standards. And here's a little, I'll t- I won't get too much in the weeds here, but here's, I'll just tell you a story about one student. I had a student write a two-page paper. And usually when a student writes a paper, I can kind of tell if the student wrote it or not. I know him well enough. So I would generally copy part of it and paste it into Google. This paper was verbatim off the internet, I mean, nothing was changed. There's two pages right off the internet, and the student's were like, "Well, yeah, I forgot to cite it." I'm like, what? And that was the mentality. I was like, "Okay," and then it was my fault because I didn't grade it sooner so he could correct it, and that was just the mentality. I was just trying to, you know, yes, I'm tough on students because I have high expectations. Plus, they also made comments they didn't care about regulations. Well, there's regulations we have to follow for our TC programs. And if students don't meet certain standards, yes, we are allowed to request. But that they
3: let be- me be clear about something because I'm a columnist too. Right. If I were to verbatim go ahead and, and just republish a column written by somebody else right. under my name, if it was published, because it probably would be, because there's a general sense that you know, oh, let's just look at the facts and everything. They're not gonna, I'm not gonna engage in that kind of plagiarism. But if it were to be published and then be caught. I probably wouldn't be at the Denver Gazette or Colorado right. Politics right. anymore. So I'm very attuned to that. What you're saying is that literally a two-page paper in this one instance right. was turned in by a student right. that was verbatim copied from some other source. And the expectation was this is going to be graded and just treated like any other normal paper.
1: Right, right. And and there was. I mean, there's – and I have examples that I've saved from students there that – would turn stuff in totally wrong answers and they'd have hundreds sure. and i'm like okay this is not how the program's supposed so, to be
3: so of course when evaluating whether a program should remain at one school or yeah. go to another that had a, clearly had significant amounts of interest in generating a new program and then the powers that be right I have to look at it and say okay we can only have this pro like We can't add an additional program. Right. So we have to look at the enrollment of the one that exists and compare it to what we could get from the other one. And it seems like it's a tough decision because there clearly are students who also were genuinely benefiting from the program, I'm sure, who were who were passionate about it, oh, so yes, on and yes, so forth. Definitely. With, with oh, that,
1: yeah, the, yes, the, oh, yeah, th- that's very true. But – unfortunately, and I hate to say this, it kind of boils down to dollars and cents a lot of times because when you're paying two instructors to reach a small group of students and you've got a larger group you can be reaching, then... It just makes sense.
3: Well, and and again, the director of uh, Army Instruction for Denver Public Schools said that the district decided to move Manuel's JROTC program, this is according to Chalkbeat Colorado, after Army officials said they were unlikely to grant Denver a new program for Northfield because Manuel's program was under-enrolled. That's what happened, and then you are made out to be, clearly made out to be, the villain. Right, and I have
1: no say so in it. I don't get paid enough to make those decisions, the way the program moves.
3: Gordon Crawford, instructor in Denver Public Schools, joining us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, exclusively in studio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to get a, a, your reaction to a couple other things that were said, because I think when we talk about this issue, it it's A glaring example of something that we have seen from the board, from certain members of the board uh, of education in Denver public schools where they may be trying to influence – employees or otherwise overstep their bounds in terms of conduct and in terms of how they interact with folks who work for the district. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Keep it right here on Denver's Local Talk Leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. Sometimes you just got to let the music breathe a little bit. One of the three kings of the blues, the great late Freddie King... Doing his tune, Christmas Tears, as we continue on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Get this, an opportunity to listen to this and other great, great bluesified Christmas bumpers at jimmysangenberger.com slash bluesified Christmas. All ease all the time in Sangenberger. Good to be with you as always. Once again, we are talking now in studio with Gordon Crawford, who is an instructor in the JROTC program in Denver Public Schools, previously was at Manual High School, which no longer has a JROTC program. And that was something that at-large board members, Tay Anderson and Scott Esserman, jumped into the fray over. What, what fray? Um, they sort of created their fray, but they did it in a public meeting at Manuel High School in May of this year, where they promised to fight this thing.
2: So if there's no way going back, then we gonna have to fight like hell and make sure the, the, whoever's pointing the fingers, if it's the district, we gonna have to just take it to the district. How, how do I know? I can, I, I'm one of the people that control the district. So if we gotta go to us and we need to overturn it, if that's what you're saying, I am by all means count on my vote. I'm happy to do it.
0: If, I'm not promising, I don't make promises I can't keep. Thank you. If there is any possibility of ensuring that not just the program, but First Sergeant will continue here, we will make sure that happens. Thank you. I don't know if that's possible.
2: I don't know. Going down without a fight.
3: Well, there wasn't much that came of it. The program did ultimately leave Manual High School, but they were able to. As I wrote in the Denver Gazette, pose as heroes. But that aside, that was a public meeting with parents and students. Gordon Crawford standing right there, and was directly addressed, by the way, by Tay Anderson.
2: I don't know. I don't know you, new guy, Colonel. I don't know you, but you don't know me. And so I'm concerned when I hear folks are saying we have, or we're under-enrolled, or we're not having kids participating. Why are the kids leaving the class? You're the instructor. (laughs) Have you kicked any of the kids out? Yep. And if you kicked any of the kids out, what is the justification if you know that the kids are supposed to be here? That doesn't make sense. If If I'm being told I have to have 100 kids to keep my job, I'd be doing everything in my power to make sure 100 kids was in that program.
3: The board member code of conduct, Gordon Crawford, our guest, says members will not publicly express individual judgments about superintendent or staff performance. The board's policy governance structure likewise forbids members direct involvement in operational decisions and staffing. Now, this clearly was overstepping those bounds. And one DPS teacher told me over the summer, quote, these board members are supposed to represent teachers, support teachers, in addition to their parent and community constituents. They campaigned on that. It's shocking when anyone verbally abuses a teacher. A JROTC instructor is still one of us. No teacher wants to be treated this way, period. Your thoughts,
1: sir? Well, my biggest concern with this, obviously, if they're going to come down and attack me, where does it stop? I mean, if they're going to attack me in public, then they're going to attack anybody. I mean, administrators, as soon as they see something they don't like in a school or something, they're just going to go attack them. Who's going to stop them? Because nobody's doing anything about it now. You know, and that's my big concern. This is just, you know, it's got to stop because that's not their job to come down and, and belittle teachers and tell them, you know.
3: Publicly or privately. Correct and who knows about any other instances um and i I could get into a couple of other examples that hint at this kind of thing but let me just ask you look you've been an instructor in jrotc programs for how long i'm going on my sixth year sixth year why why do you do it
1: i love it i mean it's a great job i get to deal with kids and unlike other teachers you know if you have to take english or math you get it you go in there maybe for a semester or a year i'm lucky enough if a kid stays in the program the whole four years i get to spend four years with that student i get to watch them grow it, it and it's good to see you know because you'd be amazed at some of the changes they obviously from a freshman to a senior and what they can learn and it's you know makes you feel good
3: being a teacher uh just a general, JROTC instructor or otherwise, what does that, what have you learned from being in that sort of experience about what your fellow teachers go through, especially, I mean, you've been dealing with COVID the past three years. It has not been an easy environment for any educator.
1: No, it hasn't. I think it's it's affected a lot of the aspects of education, including ROTC programs, which has, I think, hurt our enrollment and You lose a lot of that knowledge, because especially with ROTC, you build on that knowledge from year to year. So we lost a lot of that knowledge with students not being in school. So you have juniors and seniors now that would normally know all this information that they unfortunately didn't get to learn over COVID. So it it really affected things.
3: Yeah. I mean, we've seen disciplinary challenges for educators. We have seen, of course, the... The struggles of student achievement and getting kids back on track is right. is clearly a challenge. So then when you throw in some of the issues of, of professionalism from the top levels, when we're talking about the elected school board, what what in your view has that done, especially ex- as exemplified in the May experience you had at Manual High School, Gordon Crawford? What has that done to morale, to the sense of? of cohesion and focus among educators teachers in the district
1: well I think it's a huge
3: distraction
1: I mean well and it affected me personally I mean I'll be honest I mean I realized I was going to a new school new instructors new everything but being the school year I was I really didn't want to go back to school I'm like after you know what I I had to tolerate at the end of last year and I was like you know do I really want to go back so it made me have second thoughts about even doing my job but you, you
3: are at another school Correct. in the district, and it's going well, right. it sounds Correct. like. Yes. So um, w- when you look at what happened in May, I mean, it was several months back. The program ended. The uh, the situ- You're at a different school. W- why does this matter? Why speak out? You, you presented the school board in public comment a couple of weeks right. ago. It was the first time you spoke publicly. Now you're here on this program. Why are you here? Why were you there?
1: Well, I think the word needs to get out. I mean, not everybody knows about this, and it, it needs to be stopped. And I think the more people that hear about it, the more likely it is that we can change it. I mean, the system needs to be changed. I mean, you, we can't go down this road of school board members thinking they run everything in the district because they don't. I mean, they need to stick to their lanes. We'll stick to our lanes, and we each do our jobs, and, I,
3: you know. Uh, a couple little snippets that you can hear uh, in terms of uh, what what happened. So, on the one hand, you had school board members like Tay Anderson. I want to
2: know why the kids are leaving. Ain't nobody in Manuel's history ever said I'm leaving General T C. And I'm not going to let you take that. Bullet. And I get you trying to protect your employees, but sometimes grown men will have to answer to their grown choices.
3: When you heard that part, what what
1: did you think? Yeah, I was like, well, "What do you want me to answer to?" I, you know,
3: t- you weren't responsible for the end of the program. No, I,
1: I wasn't. And, and for him to even make a comment that, you know, he's never heard of anybody leaving ROTC. There's kids leave ROTC all the time for different reasons, mm-hmm. may not be an instructor. May, they just may not like the course. I mean, but so he acts like nobody ever leaves ROTC. And it's just, you know, and then to to blame me for it all, on why like,
3: then you had a close friend of uh, Tay Anderson's brother, Jeff Fard, um, who also spoke up, he hosts uh, his own web show where uh, Anderson and others often go on there and here's a snippet that I found uh, quite striking
2: because this community's not taking it anymore and they might not say it to your face but I'm going to say it to your face because if you're disrespecting these students and you're disrespecting these parents and you're standing in your power because you got people behind your back that won't call you out we're going to call you out, snuff you out and move you out because man tired of this
3: Call you out, snuff you out, and move you out. Because Manuel is tired of this. I had to bleep it out.
1: Right. And, you know, at that point,
3: people are like, well, you're scared.
1: How could you have been scared? Well, first of all, I didn't know any of these people. You were scared. That- yes. Okay. I mean, I actually called my boss when the meeting was over and got him on the phone. I said, and he says, I said, I want to keep you on the phone until I walk to my car. He says, why? He said, did it go that He said, I said, yeah, it went bad. And I said, you know, a little nervous, you know. And, and for him to say, he's going to snuff me out, as everybody knows, snuff means to kill. So, I mean, they're threatening to kill a teacher in a public meeting.
3: And, and what, what's also striking to me was the language used. I oh, mean, yeah. yeah. The S word there. You had a couple other instances where I had to, to bleep out school board members. Uh, Scott Esserman said effing at one point. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this and, is and, in a room with
1: students. Oh, yeah. And it, it, that amazed me. I mean, these are supposed to be professionals. And they're they're dropping these... You know, F-bombs, I mean, he didn't actually come as up, but f and you might as well. One other,
3: one final question, because sure. this was the tail end of the school year right. with just a few weeks to go. What
1: happened after that meeting? I, I was not allowed to return to school, which is odd since I was the guy that did nothing wrong. But yet, I got on the phone the next morning and said, hey, I need to go by the district. I was talking to Mr. Glover, and I said, I need to go by the district office, pick up some supplies and stuff we needed. And he's like, well, I got thinking last night, do you think it's a good idea for you to come back to Manuel? I'm like, well, yeah, it's gonna be uncomfortable, but he's like, well, it's probably not a you know a great idea. It's probably not a good environment for you to be in. So I was not even allowed to return to do my job for the rest of the school year. I actually tried to go back one other day to pack up some stuff and was asked to leave. And I'm like, wow.
3: Well, when we come back here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show with Gordon Crawford in studio, we'll cover one more thing, which is what steps you have taken to try and address this with both the school district, the board members, and the teachers' union as well, the DCTA. We've got a few more minutes on the other side. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Gordon Crawford here in studio exclusively on News Talk, 710 KNUS. Oh, so beautiful. Johnny, the late Johnny Winter, and Edgar Winter, the Winter Brothers, doing the classic Christmas tune, Please Come Home for Christmas. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. You're listening to The Jimmy Sangenberger Show. We've got Gordon Crawford here in studio, JROTC instructor in Denver Public Schools, still an employee of the district. So we so appreciate you uh, coming on and speaking out about what happened at Manuel High School in May of this year in part
2: I want to know why the kinder leaving. Ain't nobody in Manuel's history ever said I'm leaving JROTC, and I'm not gonna let you take that bullet. I get you trying to protect your employees, but sometimes grown men gonna have to answer to their grown choices.
3: He was referring to you, Gordon Crawford, joining me here in studio. I want to give two other examples where Tay Anderson himself has thrown about his position in a way that clearly violates the board member code of conduct regarding. Expressing individual judgments about staff performance and involving in operational decisions. One, Priscilla Shaw-Ron is an employee of the Denver Public Schools, and she was accused on Brother Jeff's web show by Tay Anderson of releasing his transcript. Last year, a a partial transcript of Tay's time back in high school was somehow leaked. It was not Priscilla. She has denied that. And it is important to know that teachers don't just have ready, easy access to transcripts like that. But he publicly accused her on Brother Jeff's show. Something else he's also said on Brother Jeff's show. Last year, when you had over 1,000 DPS high school students, including students from Manual, march down to DPS headquarters, it was a big thing. They were calling for Tay Anderson to be booted off the board. Well, a few months later on Brother Jeff's show, Tay said, quote, there were leaders within DPS that stood behind the protest saying that it's the student's voice and we support student voice. I support student voice. I support people's right to protest. The last time I've seen something like that where people were chanting and calling for the death, I didn't see any of that, or trying to to injure injure politicians or leaders within their communities because of a difference or because they were misinformed via social media was on January 6th. So on the one hand, he lies about a teacher accusing her with no evidence and falsely of leaking his transcript. And on the other hand, after this protest... He gives a little nudge toward the principal saying, well, under the guise of student voice, you let them go participate in Denver's January 6th. And then it's no wonder you have Tay enlisting Scott Esserman in a school, in a, me, a public meeting with parents and teachers berating you in the way we heard. Gordon Crawford.
1: Yes, and what amazes me about this, since I have come out, I've had a couple teachers reach out to me that have said they've had Tay, you know, badmouth them and and... But unfortunately, not everybody is willing to come forward. I mean, no. I've tried to get them to, but I, I don't know, you know, once again, we're kind of back to the bullying thing, but...
3: What have you done? You're just about out of time. So what have you done in terms of any complaints, correspondence, and so forth? All right, well, I'll just give you a little background.
1: I actually started filing um hostile work environment complaint back in November of last school year, and that was based on there were false accusations constantly against me, and next morning, there was emails going out at 9 to 10 o'clock at night accusing me of stuff to the administration, and next morning I'd be in administration, and then as soon as they found out, they found out they were all false. There was nobody saying anything, and I just was like, this is getting ridiculous. I'm constantly being accused of stuff that's not even going on. And so that's kind of where it started, and that lasted pretty much all year, and I filed complaints with HR and everybody else. Not... I think a big thing, there was a lot of turnover in HR last year. So, But nothing, as far as I'm concerned, was ever done. I mean, I got a letter at f- the beginning of this school year saying, hey, investigation's done, you know, pretty much. And then when I filed a formal complaint with the school, about the school board members, the school district's hands are kind of tied when it comes to them, because as you know, they're elected officials. So the school district has no authority over them. But the public does. So I guess we need a little more public outcry for that. But I've also I also filed complaints with the DCTA because I'm a member of that's DCTA. the teachers union, yeah, te- the teachers union. And I'm a, a member of DCTA, and I was floored when I heard that they backed both Esserman and Tay in the election. So they got back with me and they said, "Well, that that's a I guess they have a committee that you know votes on that." And they said, "Well, that's a committee. They we will express let them know about your concerns and all that." And that was kind of the the end of and the school board. You didn't hear anything back from them. No, not one member of the school board has has reached out to me or, or answered anything. And kind of like I said in my public comment, I actually cored my correspondence so, to make sure they were even getting them. And th- mm-hmm. they all did. So, and the only correspondence in relation to it between any of them was from Tay to Sochi. And it, it really didn't say much other than they needed to investigate me. Hmm. So And I was like, for what? So.
3: Well, Gordon Crawford, I'm sorry for what you went through courageous for speaking out. Thank you so much for doing that. We've got some complimentary listener texts as well. Merry Christmas to you and thanks for coming on. Thank you. We'll pick up the conversation on the other side. News Talk 710 KNUS. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show